Good morning, afternoon, evening, and night. Welcome to the PWP Hooter Wellness Podcast. My name is Amanda Brantley. I'm the District Health and Wellness Manager for Pooter School District. And we are so excited to bring you this awesome new podcast today. We know that this time of year, people are setting new health and wellness goals. And you may be looking for a diet, a meal plan, and many people turn to social media, friends, and other experts in the field to find what works for them. So we wanted to bring Alexa and Carrie on to save you time, energy, and money and give you some insider tips for your journey on how to turn short-term success into long-term success. I will first let Alexa introduce herself. Yeah, so I am Alexa Garrett, and I'm actually the student wellness coordinator here at Pooter School District. And I have my bachelor's degree in health and exercise science with an emphasis in health promotion from CSU, our lovely neighbors next door. And I am have my personal training certification through NASM, which um, I think is like one of the most popular ones, I want to say. I don't know for sure, but yes. Um, let's see, I'll just go ahead and pass on to Carrie then. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Karen Loss. I have my bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics, and I'm currently um, finishing up my master's degree in nutrition, as well as my requirements to become a registered dietitian. Um, and then on top of that, I am also the um, head of the nutrition department at Pursuit Nutrition and Training Center. Um, so I handle all all things nutrition over there. Um, and, you know, I work with clients all over the world, all shapes, sizes, ages, and everything in between. So again, thanks for having me on. I'm excited about today. I'm so excited to chat with you ladies. So let's just dive into some of the things we see and some of the common practices we see with particularly new health and wellness explorers looking to start their journey in and getting healthy. Carrie, Alexa, what, what do you guys see typically? What has been common in your circles? What do you see with your clients? You want to start? There's a lot. There's a lot of layers there. It's <laughs> um, a big so question. I think the, the biggest thing that's, um, you know, pretty typical straight across the board is, as humans, we all just want instant gratification and we're always in search of the next best thing that's going to get us there the quickest. And the reality of it is, is, you know, it's, it's a lifelong journey and, you know, whatever your goal is, whether it's to lose weight, build muscle, just feel overall better, it, it's going to take some time. You know, we didn't get to where we are in a night and we're not going to be where we want to be in a night either. So that's, and that just kind of leads us down a whole other, you know, lane of all the products out there, the challenges, this, the, that, just because of one common thing, we're looking for that instant gratification. Yeah. And I would add to that too. Um, like comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that comes in like every aspect of life but I think it especially comes when it comes to like starting your fitness journey because people will compare their chapter one to someone else's chapter three 
or they'll look at someone they find ideal and just assume that if they do exactly what this person does and promotes, then they're going to get the same results. When in reality, we're all our own people and we're all have our own lifestyles and situations that we're living in. And so it's easy to fall down that rabbit hole of comparing yourself to someone else. Yeah, let's jump right into that and talk about finding people. I see a lot of people find people on Instagram or Facebook, or they say, you know, my neighbor is doing this program and, you know, they lost 10 pounds in seven days. Um, so I'm going to do this program. So what do you guys look for when you're looking at credentials and coaches and, um, hiring a coach or finding a program on Instagram or on Facebook? What's, what's the first few things you look for? Well, before we get into that too, kind of going back to what Alexa said with the comparison thing is we don't know what that person did to achieve that. Like we don't, we only see like the highlight reel of them posting, you know, them looking good, but who knows, they could have been 400 pounds at one time and we just see the finished product and it's almost insulting to discredit them for all, you know, not get, not realizing what that actually took. So just knowing that like everybody starts somewhere and we all have our own journey and, and, you're not meant to be the same as that person. But um, as far as the credibility aspect, um, I don't know, there's a, there's, there's a lot to it um, because just because somebody has a lot of followers or they get a lot of likes on their photos doesn't mean they're qualified to give evidence-based nutrition advice um, or just because they competed in a bodybuilding show or they did X, Y, and Z, like that does not make somebody qualified. Um, and that's the, probably the most alarming thing that I see, especially now is everybody thinks that they're a nutrition coach just because they, you know, they did it themselves or they look good. And that's just not the case. I agree. And kind of, piggybacking off of that a little bit is um and it kind of has to do with like oh we're all on our own journeys as well but and this kind of more stems specifically from people who are offering coaching plans but someone who doesn't have like a one-size-fits-all plan because everyone has mm -hmm. health histories everyone has different lifestyles everyone has different interests Everyone has a different capability. Some people might be able to work out five days a week and some people might only be able to work out three days a week and both are fine. But just being able to, if you hire a coach or find someone that they are going through those steps to make sure that it caters towards you and your lifestyle. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And that, so to kind of answer your question, Amanda, like, what do you look for? I think that's one of the biggest things where if you are, you know, hiring a coach, you are talking to, to somebody, you want to make sure that they actually give a shit about you because if they're just handing you a meal plan or a workout plan and they don't take the time to really dive into who you are and what your goals are and what your past is and your history, then they don't care. And you're just another dollar sign. And that's the big difference between people who are qualified and who are not. 
where it's like, if you, if you're just doing it just because coaching is a trendy thing at the moment, like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And that's not fair to the people who are putting their trust in you to, you know, take care of their health. So I would say, you know, make sure that whoever you talk to is taking the steps to do that. And they're individualizing something to you because it's not a one size fits all, um, you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I would also echo that for any of the students we might have listening that they're looking at some of their social media influencers um, and jumping on their diet plans or getting a one-time meal plan from, from some of those sources is, is definitely look at their degrees, their credentials, their credibility, how long they've been doing this. Kara, you have six years of schooling from credible universities and, and that, that RD behind your name soon. So I take a look at that versus somebody who's 20, 21 years old, did one bodybuilding show or has just looks good on Instagram and is going to give, you know, a 16 year old a meal plan. Um, yeah. And they go for that because that's, they think like that's their ideal physique and that's what they want to look like. And they don't quite understand what that actually is like being healthy and looking like a bodybuilder stage lane is completely two different things. And that like bodybuilding is not the epitome of health, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like just being able to understand that. And I also think like, you know, the reason why, what makes me credible is not only I have like six years of education, like, yeah, that's great and everything, but I also have 10, 12 years of experience actually doing it myself. And I went through all of the things that the people go through now. I tried every diet, I tried every supplement, I did this, I did that. So being able to speak through that experience and saying like, I've done this and I know that doesn't work. So I'm going to help you through that, through my experiences to show you essentially what not to do. Um, And I think that a good thing to look out for too, when you're, you know, whether you're hiring a coach or not even, you're just like taking nutrition advice off of some of social media, like be aware of like authenticity, like authenticity speaks volumes. If you can tell somebody's doing this for the right reasons, not for clickbait, not just to look hot on Instagram, like that's a pretty, pretty good sign, you know, like someone who actually is trying to provide information and educate and impact people rather than just trying to get a million followers and a million likes. That jumps me right into one of my, I guess, big pet peeves, which would be like a non-educational or behavioral based challenge. So any sort of challenge that just emphasizes just what you look like and what the scale says is not going to lead to sustainable changes. It's not going to lead to that identity change. It's not going to lead to adherence long-term. It's not going to give you any behavioral change. It's not focused on, um, you know, how are you taking steps to change your behaviors that lead to healthy outcomes? So it's not emphasizing the action necessarily. It's rewarding the outcome. And whenever I see sorts of challenges like that, I'm just really cautious of what's behind that and what's the reason um, and what's your why and what is it going to look like? You're done six weeks from now. What does that look like for you? What behaviors are you keeping in? Or are you just going all 
new feet into the six week challenge. And then you're going to go right back to what you were doing. Yeah, there's a lot of layers there. And I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a rant. So bear with me. Um, so like you said, you have to know your why behind everything. And if you're doing this, just if your why is because I want to look hot in a bikini, okay, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And typically when someone says that their why is a little bit deeper, it's like, okay, well, if your why is to look hot in a bikini, like what is that going to provide you? Oh, it's going to provide you confidence. Oh, okay. So your why is actually confidence, but these challenges that just stress this physical transformation is so deteriorating and demotivating because just judging on the physical transformation totally discredits the mental transformation that it takes to get there. Because sometimes that, like I personally think that like the mental transformation and the mental side, the mentality behind everything is far, far, far more important than the, the physicality. Because once you really have like, you know, good, strong mental game, you have good relationship with food, a good relationship with your body, you have good behaviors, good habits, then the physical just happens on its own. And it's so much more rewarding, it's sustainable. And so I just, those challenges that only stress a certain amount of weight loss, or you need to, you know, compare and contrast, you know, a before and after picture it's the before and after picture doesn't tell you what's going on up inside your head. And that's the problem I have with that. And some of them are great. Some of the, you know, the six week, eight week challenges put on by some really amazing reputable coaches um, who've been in the industry for a really long time. Some of them really do emphasize the behavior. They emphasize, you know, picking healthy options, getting your water in moving every day you know, those things that we know lead to that outcome. And those challenges, I think, like if you're ready to jump into one of those challenges because you want that mental change, you want that adherence or you want that accountability, I think that's, you have to know what your red flag is are and what your green lights are with those challenges. Yeah, and I think those challenges that are gonna stress the, again, the habits and the behaviors, those are great, you know, like, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now um, because I just got a million thoughts going in and out. But um, anything that is rooted in those things, habits, behaviors, and just improving yourself and personal development and just all of that, those are great because those are going to teach you the skills that are going to make you successful when the challenge ends. But if you are only focused on this one outcome of looking a certain way or losing a certain amount of weight, regardless of how you're going to do it, and you're sticking to the strict plan and you have to be 100%, 100% of the time, there's so much negative that comes out of that, that when that challenge ends, you're going to finally feel quote unquote free and you're going to do whatever you want because you're burnt out and you, you can't do it anymore, you know? And it's like that, okay, so what was the point of that? Mm -hmm. Nothing. The question you need to ask yourself is, can I do this forever? And if the answer is no, then what are you doing? That's a really great question, Carrie. So Alexa, Carrie, I want to give people tangible green lights, green flags, things to look for when they're starting their journey out, when they're starting to find what works for them, um, what, what would you point them to? 
Alexa, I, do, you, do you want to take this one and I'll pitch in at I, the end? You know, I have, at least when it comes to like going back to like the coaches and this goes along with social media as well as like, if you're thinking of hiring a personal trainer in town or like at the gym that you go to, they should always, always, always be asking your health history and your history through like fitness, what you've done in the past. Because if they don't, there's, there could be like medical release forms. There's so many different layers to that. And so if someone doesn't ask you what your history is and your health history, that could be a really big red flag that they might not be paying attention to. Oh, you have hypertension. Okay. Well, they should know what type of exercises they should do or shouldn't do if you have hypertension or something along those lines and very, very specific, but there's things that someone who is credible should be able to look out for. And if they don't ask you that, that could be a really big red flag. Yeah. So things that I would say you want to look out, like you want to make sure there is, or, you know, some, some green flags or just some practical takeaways would be like, know what the purpose is. Know if it's a website, if it's an Instagram page, if it's an, if it's an individual, know their purpose. So, you know, it might take, take a little bit of digging, like read what they're about. Um, you know, are they trying to sell something or are they just trying to help you? Um, you know, is there any bias there? Are they, getting paid to sell something or again, are they just passionate about helping people? Um, and an example that I always give is like, you know, if there's a social media page that is strictly, you know, like keto queen one, five, six, two. Okay. And they're giving Somebody it probably really has that. Handle. Yeah. Sorry. If, <laughs> sorry for listening, keto queen. Um, but you know, if, if they're giving nutrition advice, probably going to be pretty biased towards the keto diet, you know, and same thing goes for any other diet. So just use your better, best judgment, right? Like, um, yeah, second thing or third thing is look for evidence because a lot of times it's just like opinions or this worked for me, this worked for me. It's like you, sh if, and you know, it doesn't always have to be just like stated right, you know, blatantly right there, but if someone's making a claim and you ask about it, they should be able to provide you the evidence. And if they cannot, then that's probably not the best idea. So people who are, um, you know, eager to educate and help people, that's who I would say, like, let's go for those people, right? And if they do ask for evidence, you're ha they're happy to provide it to you because again, they're just trying to help you. They're not trying to get a paycheck off of it. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say if you are going about, if you are trying to do your own research and educating yourself instead of looking at like a fitness influencer, looking at credible websites as well. So like, do they have .gov? Do they have .edu at the end? Or is it written by someone with a degree, credible like credentials and stuff like that? So if you are going about it, educating yourself, looking for those is it a peer-reviewed article is it you know something along those lines can really help you determine what is credible and what is not 
Yeah, I agree um, completely because a lot of times we get into the dark places of the internet and we just get deep into there and just searching all this stuff. And it's kind of like when you have something wrong with you and you Google your symptoms and WebMD comes up and it basically tells you you're dying, but it's like, oh, never mind. I just have a cold. You know, and the same thing goes for nutrition. Like it's it's a different example, but same thing. Like it's just so skewed and you can, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it, you know? And so knowing like what is credible and what's not when we're looking on those websites. And that just goes back to like reading what the site is about. And, um, you know, even people have opinions and whatnot. So there might be, you know, blogs and stuff written by people that again it might be biased so you need to go in with an unbiased attitude and just you know use your better judgment um and so on the side of nutrition things um the academy of nutrition and dietetics is like the gold standard like that is you know where that's like the uh what's the word i'm looking for that's like the gold standard. Yeah, we'll pop that link in the description box below so people have that. Um, that made me think of two things. Definitely one that we as humans have confirmation bias, right? So we're going to, if we think that the keto diet is the end all be all, we're going to search for things that confirm that to us. We're going to look yeah. at echo chambers. We're going to look at um, people who have been successful on it. So just going in there and knowing that you have to look at both sides of an issue and going back to Carrie's question of, could you do that long-term? And the second thing that that made me think of would be what are they selling? And does it have some of those like hot topic selling words as um, always never guaranteed if they're selling something in your rabbit hole of the internet, just have that caution in the back of your head of, am I going to have to buy this product long-term? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, oh, that, you want to go? No, go ahead. I'll go after. Okay. That just like um, sparked something in my mind too, where it's like, we need to be aware of those. And I know we talk, we're talking a lot about like selling and products and this and that, but the reality is it's like, that's what the bulk of this comes down to because everybody's trying to sell a product to make a quick dollar. And sure, those products are going to work while you are on them. You know, you buy this whole line of all this crap and yes, it works while you're taking it. But what happens when you stop? You gain all the weight back or you go right back to what you were doing. So then you're like, oh, well, that worked while I was using it. So now I got to get right back on that product. And that's exactly how they get you hooked. And if there is one thing that you can take away from this podcast is please, 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 please don't fall into that trap because I see it way too often. It makes me really sad um, just because it's very hard to, to get out of that and to, you know, just be, be aware of what's going on. Um, yeah. Alexa. Yeah. Um, I was going to say going back to like, if you're, you know, going out and like doing your own research information on health 
should not be gate kept, gatekept. I don't know. Someone should not be gatekeeping that information. You should be able to find the educational resources on your own. So if someone is like trying to have you sign up for something or have you pay for something just to get this information, I would consider that a red flag as well because that's not gate kept. Whereas if someone with good credentials is trying to help you specifically through that, then that's a different thing. But just educating yourself, you should be able to find that completely for free on your own. Yeah, I agree. And that comes right back, back to like who to trust in the industry, right? Like people who are just trying to help you and they're trying to do the right thing, they will provide you with the education. They're not going to try to manipulate you into entering your email or doing this or doing that. Like they, and, and that's, I'm so happy that you brought that up um, because I see that a lot too. It's like, you shouldn't have to buy this or do that just to receive a, some quick facts on something. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the so. $20 secret to success PDF that you get. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, drink more water. And you're like, okay, I could have figured that one out on my own. Thanks. Yeah, secret to weight loss, secret to this, secret to this. There is no secret, you know, like it all comes down to the same thing. It just, you know, mastering the basics. We all want the secret. We all want the quick fix. We all want this. We all want that. And it's like nutrition doesn't need to be that complicated, but social media has made it that way. I think that is such a big case for the corporate health and wellness field. So in PSD, we we pay as a district for our employees to have free access to life, the lifestyle health program. And that is provided by uh, an exercise physiologist, your registered nurse, your registered dietitian, and all of that's free to employees. We pay for you to have that resource so that you don't have to go down this rabbit hole of crash diets and you have the experts in the field that you can turn to at any time with these questions. Um, it just makes the case for being able to provide that to your employees as a resource to boost overall organizational health. Yeah, and that's a really valuable resource that is provided to you guys. Um, and I really encourage everybody to take advantage of that um, just because the, you know, those. I think with the lifestyle health, they have access to like an RD, right? And you said the exercise phase, like those people are going to, they're the real deal. And they're going to teach you the healthy and the right way to do things. They're not going to beat around the bush. They're just going to provide you with the tools and the skills to set you up for success. And they don't want you to be a repeat client. They want you to learn those behaviors. They want you to learn those skills and they want you to be able to do it on your own um, with them as, as your support system and always in your corner, but not completely tied to them for the rest of your life. Whereas I see some coaches, some plans, some, some diets of it only works when you're with this coach or only works when you're with this, this diet. And really you want to work yourself out of a job. You want to be so good at your job that you're teaching your clients how to do this on their own, because that's, what's going to bring back new clients who say, Oh, I learned how to do this. Oh, I'm going to tell 10 of my friends about this service. Yeah. I love that. And I, that is a really, really good point too, because 
that's always my goal with my clients. It's like my whole entire goal is, is to educate you. And I want to teach you, you know, take my six years of formal education and place it in your brain over this period of time and teach you, you know, everything you need to know about nutrition to be successful long-term. And if I did not do that, then I didn't do my job, you know, because I don't want you to keep coming back to me. I don't want you to be a repeating client. You know, I do have clients who are with me for a very long time, but it's not because they don't know how it's just because of that relationship and they like that. And so, you know, we can kind of flip it this way, right? If I teach the sixth grade and my student is constantly failing and they're repeating the sixth grade, well, then I'm not doing good at my job, right? Like, I don't want that to happen. And it's the same thing with nutrition. Like if they are constantly failing and failing and failing and they're repeating like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Does that make sense? Was that? Yeah, that was a, no, that was a good analogy. I liked that. Also, I was going to say, just to kind of piggyback off of that, like nutrition and exercise is technically preventative care. And so if you're looking at it as preventative care, if someone has to keep coming back, they're not preventing heart disease. They're not preventing those more serious things that are going to be happening. So like a credential source, so like a registered dietitian works in preventative care. So they're not going to want you to come back because if you're coming back to them, then that just means that you're past the preventative stage. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like we could have a whole podcast just on that too. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, drop some resources. Where can people start? Um, what would be your first step on on where to start? Carrie, you have a really cool flip the pyramid analogy. Yeah. So whenever we talk like health and fitness, nutrition, like to look at it as like a pyramid. And we all wanna jump to the tippy tippy top of the pyramid where the supplements are. And we want to, you know, it's like a shortcut, right? But you can't just do that. You can't just jump to the top of the mountain without actually climbing up, you know? And so the base of the pyramid is like your identity and your beliefs. Like, do you even believe that you can lose weight? Do you even believe that you can get fit? Because if you don't believe that, then you're not going to like you, you just will never be successful. And that's, that's just the harsh reality of it. So first you need to actually believe that you can do it. And then the second thing is like adherence. And if you can't adhere to the plan long-term that you are committing to, that you, you need to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, you're not gonna be able to adhere to that. Right. So find something that works for you and something works different for everybody. So find something that you can adhere to, that you can be consistent with, and and that's step two. And then we just kind of work our way up the pyramid, and then we get into more like nutrition, nutrition stuff like calories and protein and things like that. But I would say, you know, the first thing, first things first is master the basics. You know, don't try to what is that saying? Don't try to major in the minors. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. Where it's like you hear this one fact, you're like, well, I heard that you need to do, um, I need to be drinking my celery juice every single morning. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, right. And, but if you're not doing any of these other things, 
that doesn't freaking matter, you know? So it's like master the basics. And um, one tip that, you know, I like to give everybody for, for to build some momentum on that because you can't go zero to a hundred overnight. Just that doesn't work. You will fail. So commit to one thing that you can do every single day and execute that. And then that becomes a habit. And then once that becomes a habit, you pick another goal. You know, maybe my first goal is like, okay, I'm going to drink, you know, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to drink a hundred ounces of water every single day. Okay, great. You did that. Now you, now you got that rolling. Okay. Next goal. I'm going to add in two servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. Okay, great. Now I've done that. What's my next thing? Okay. Now I'm going to go on a 20 minute walk every single morning. See? So it's like those little things that are really going to add up to the big changes, because if you just try to do everything at one time, you're in for it. You know, it's just, I've, I've done it. I've seen it and it just, it doesn't work. It's like uh, deciding to run a 5k. I love that one. First, you have to start with your identity. You have to become to yourself a runner. If you go out on the track and you say, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner. And that's constantly going in your brain. You're never going to stick with it. So first identity. And then second, the tiny steps, the tiny habits, you start with one block. You start with putting your shoes on and going outside. Yeah, exactly. And just like making that a commitment to yourself. You don't need to go to the gym every single day and kill it. But what you can do is commit to making that a habit and going to the gym. You know, this is just one example, but just going to the gym. And if you don't feel like it, just walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes, because then that starts to build that habit in your mind of, I am in, in its commitment, right? Like I am getting up and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing this. And then you just get used to that and it becomes a thing. But setting these lofty goals and these unrealistic expectations that I'm going to run an ultra marathon tomorrow, but I can't even run a 5k, like that's just silly, is it not? And the same, the same goes for, for every other aspect of health nutrition and everything in between mm-hmm. i couldn't agree more alexa what are your last thoughts on yeah so i have two kind of like final thoughts so first would be it's okay to ask for help and it is okay to be a beginner in this i think that kind of back to like the comparison is the thief of joy type of a thing but a lot of people feel like they can't see the end of the road they can't see a lot of people they feel like they can't ask for help but there are professionals like the lifestyle health program here at PSD that are dedicated to helping and want to help you succeed and so I think it's okay to know that that's kind of the place that you're in and to take advantage of those resources available to you. Um, Yeah. My second one would be, it's also okay to find what works for you. And so I think a lot of people go into like the fitness industry or like they look at 
Instagram and everyone's weightlifting. And if you really enjoy weightlifting, that's really amazing. But maybe Zumba is what's going to like capture your attention and you're like down to dance five days a week. Or maybe you want to cycle. There's so many different forms of exercise. You don't have to feel like you have to go into like the big weightlifting section of the gym if that's not what makes you happy. If it is what makes you happy, then amazing. Go lift those weights. But if not, don't worry about it. It's just the biggest thing is to get moving. Yeah, and I would have to say a great place for our staff who are listening to start would be our lifestyle health program, which we've mentioned several times. I'll link that in the description box below. And the second piece leading right into what Alexa just mentioned was finding something that works for you. We just launched our new platform with WellBeats and that you can find through your WellWorks for You portal. WellBeats is a completely free to you platform that has a ton of classes and um, how-to videos. They have everything from kickboxing to cardio to bar to spin and cycle to um, they even have some meals that you can create together and some nutrition and mindfulness on there. And that's completely free to you. They have everything from beginners to intermediate to advanced to people with injuries to um, people uh, trying to aid in some joint prevention measures. Um, they even have classes on sleep. So that's a great place to start. It's all expert backed. It's all um, backed by research and science. Um, and again, that's free to you. I'll link how to access that in the description box below as well. Awesome. Any last thoughts, ladies, before we wrap up? I think um, one important thing to talk about is just gaining the momentum. And like Alexa said, you know, find what you enjoy because we see all over, like, you need to be doing this kind of exercise. You need to be doing this. But if you don't enjoy it, then like, what's the point? You know, like find something you enjoy and gain momentum with that. And a lot of times it's just, we need to come to the realization that motivation will not always be there. And I think this is my personal belief, but I think motivation comes from progress. When we see progress, we're more motivated and if you can just get over that first initial hump, that's the hardest part. But once you get there, I promise you, it's going to be amazing. And you're going to, you know, start seeing the results that you want to. And it's going to, it's going to feel less like a chore and it's going to be more enjoyable. Um, and that's that. I like it. I'd like to just leave people one with those resources and two with just find the next step, just find the next tiny habit, just find the, the, the small thing that you can do that makes you 1% better towards your health goals this week. Yep. Just take the first step. We'll link everything in the description box below. Thank you so much for listening. Carrie, Alexa, thanks for joining me today. If anyone has um, hot topics for our next podcast, feel free to email me those at wellness at psdschools.org and we will talk to you next time.
Mic drop. Good morning, afternoon, evening, and night. Welcome to the PWP Hooter Wellness Podcast. My name is Amanda Brantley. I'm the District Health and Wellness Manager for Pooter School District. And we are so excited to bring you this awesome new podcast today. We know that this time of year, people are setting new health and wellness goals. And you may be looking for a diet, a meal plan, and many people turn to social media, friends, and other experts in the field to find what works for them. So we wanted to bring Alexa and Carrie on to save you time, energy, and money and give you some insider tips for your journey on how to turn short-term success into long-term success. I will first let Alexa introduce herself. Yeah, so I am Alexa Garrett and I'm actually the student wellness coordinator here at Pooter School District. And I have my bachelor's degree in health and exercise science with an emphasis in health promotion from CSU, our lovely neighbors next door. And I am have my personal training certification through NASM, which um, I think is like one of the most popular ones, I want to say. I don't know for sure, but yes. Um, let's see. I'll just go ahead and pass on to Carrie then. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Karen Loss. I have my bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics, and I'm currently um, finishing up my master's degree in nutrition, as well as my requirements to become a registered dietitian. Um, and then on top of that, I am also the um, head of the nutrition department at Pursuit Nutrition and Training Center. Um, so I handle all all things nutrition over there. Um, and, you know, I work with clients all over the world, all shapes, sizes, ages, and everything in between. So again, thanks for having me on. I'm excited about today. I'm so excited to chat with you ladies. So let's just dive into some of the things we see and some of the common practices we see with particularly new health and wellness explorers looking to start their journey in and getting healthy. Carrie, Alexa, what, what do you guys see typically? What has been common in your circles? What do you see with your clients? You want to start? There's a lot, There's a lot of layers there. It's <laughs> um, a big so question. I think the, the biggest thing that's, um, you know, pretty typical straight across the board is, as humans, we all just want instant gratification and we're always in search of the next best thing that's gonna get us there the quickest. And the reality of it is, is, you know, it's it's a lifelong journey and, you know, whatever your goal is, whether it's to lose weight, build muscle, just feel overall better, it, it's gonna take some time. You know, we didn't get to where we are in a night and we're not gonna, be where we want to be in a night either. So that's, and that just kind of leads us down a whole other, you know, lane of all the products out there, the challenges, this, the, that, just because of one common thing, we're looking for that instant gratification. Yeah. And I would add to that too. Um, like comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that comes in like every aspect of life, but I think it especially comes when it comes to like starting your fitness journey because people will compare their chapter one to someone else's chapter three 
or they'll look at someone they find ideal and just assume that if they do exactly what this person does and promotes, then they're going to get the same results. When in reality, we're all our own people and we're all have our own lifestyles and situations that we're living in. And so it's easy to fall down that rabbit hole of comparing yourself to someone else. Yeah, let's jump right into that and talk about finding people. I see a lot of people find people on Instagram or Facebook or they say, you know, my neighbor is doing this program and, you know, they lost 10 pounds in seven days. Um, so I'm going to do this program. So what do you guys look for when you're looking at credentials and coaches and um, hiring a coach or finding a program on Instagram or on Facebook? What's what's the first few things you look for? Well, before we get into that, too, kind of going back to what Alexa said with the comparison thing is we don't know what that person did to achieve that. Like we don't, we only see like the highlight reel of them posting, you know, them looking good, but who knows, they could have been 400 pounds at one time and we just see the finished product and it's almost insulting to discredit them for all, you know, not get, not realizing what that actually took. So just knowing that like everybody starts somewhere and we all have our own journey and, and, you're not meant to be the same as that person. But um, as far as the credibility aspect, um, I don't know, there's a a lot to it Um, because just because somebody has a lot of followers or they get a lot of likes on their photos doesn't mean they're qualified to give evidence-based nutrition advice Um, or just because they competed in a bodybuilding show or they did X, Y, and Z, like that does not make somebody qualified. Um, And that's the, probably the most alarming thing that I see, especially now is everybody thinks that they're a nutrition coach just because they, you know, they did it themselves or they look good. And that's just not the case. I agree. And kind of, piggybacking off of that a little bit is um and it kind of has to do with like oh we're all on our own journeys as well but and this kind of more stems specifically from people who are offering coaching plans but someone who doesn't have like a one-size-fits-all plan because everyone has Mm -hmm. health histories everyone has different lifestyles everyone has different interests everyone has a different capability. Some people might be able to work out five days a week and some people might only be able to work out three days a week and both are fine, but just being able to, if you hire a coach or find someone that they are going through those steps to make sure that it caters towards you and your lifestyle. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And that, so to kind of answer your question, Amanda, like, what do you look for? I think that's one of the biggest things where if you are, you know, hiring a coach, you are talking to, to somebody, you want to make sure that they actually give a shit about you because if they're just handing you a meal plan or a workout plan and they don't take the time to really dive into who you are and what your goals are and what your past is and your history, then they don't care. And you're just another dollar sign. And that's the big difference between people who are qualified and who are not. 
where it's like, if you, if you're just doing it just because coaching is a trendy thing at the moment, like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And that's not fair to the people who are putting their trust in you to, you know, take care of their health. So I would say, you know, make sure that whoever you talk to is taking the steps to do that. And they're individualizing something to you because it's not a one size fits all, um, you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I would also echo that for any of the students we might have listening that they're looking at some of their social media influencers um, and jumping on their diet plans or getting a one-time meal plan from, from some of those sources is, is definitely look at their degrees, their credentials, their credibility, how long they've been doing this. Kara, you have six years of schooling from credible universities and, and that, that RD behind your name soon. So I take a look at that versus somebody who's 20, 21 years old, did one bodybuilding show or has just looks good on Instagram and is going to give, you know, a 16 year old a meal plan. Um, Yeah. And they go for that because that's, they think like that's their ideal physique and that's what they want to look like. And they don't quite understand what that actually is like being healthy and looking like, a bodybuilder stage lane is completely two different things. And that like bodybuilding is not the epitome of health, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like just being able to understand that. And I also think like, you know, the reason why, what makes me credible is not only I have like six years of education, like, yeah, that's great and everything, but I also have 10, 12 years of experience actually doing it myself. And I went through all of the things that the people go through now. I tried every diet. I tried every supplement. I did this. I did that. So being able to speak through that experience and saying like, I've done this and I know that doesn't work. So I'm going to help you through that, through my experiences to show you essentially what not to do. Um, and I think that a good thing to look out for too, when you're, you know, whether you're hiring a coach or not even, you're just like taking nutrition advice off of some of social media, like, be aware of like authenticity, like authenticity speaks volumes. If you can tell somebody's doing this for the right reasons, not for clickbait and not just to look hot on Instagram, like that's a pretty, pretty good sign. You know, like someone who actually is trying to provide information and educate and impact people rather than just trying to get a million followers and a million likes. That jumps me right into one of my, I guess, big pet peeves, which would be like a non-educational or behavioral based challenge. So any sort of challenge that just emphasizes just what you look like and what the scale says is not going to lead to sustainable changes. It's not going to lead to that identity change. It's not going to lead to adherence long-term it's not going to give you any behavioral change. It's not focused on, um, you know, how are you taking steps to change your behaviors that lead to healthy outcomes? So it's not emphasizing the action necessarily. It's rewarding the outcome. And whenever I see sorts of challenges like that, I'm just really cautious of what's behind that and what's the reason um, and what's your why and what is it going to look like you're done six weeks from now. What does that look like for you? What behaviors are you keeping in? Or are you just going all 
new feet into the six week challenge. And then you're going to go right back to what you were doing. Yeah, there's a lot of layers there and I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a rant. So bear with me. Um, so like you said, you have to know your why behind everything. And if you're doing this, just if your why is because I want to look hot in a bikini, okay, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And typically when someone says that their why is a little bit deeper, it's like, okay, well, if your why is to look hot in a bikini, like what is that going to provide you? Oh, it's going to provide you confidence. Oh, okay. So your why is actually confidence. But these challenges that just stress this physical transformation is so deteriorating and demotivating because just judging on the physical transformation totally discredits the mental transformation that it takes to get there. Because sometimes that like I personally think that like the mental transformation and the mental side the mentality behind everything is far 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 more important than the, the physicality because once you really have like you know good strong mental game you have good relationship with food a good relationship with your body you have good behaviors good habits then the physical just happens on its own and it's so much more rewarding it's sustainable and so I just those challenges that only stress a certain amount of weight loss or you need to, you know, compare and contrast, you know, a before and after picture. It's the before and after picture doesn't tell you what's going on up inside your head. And that's the problem I have with that. And some of them are great. Some of the, you know, the six week, eight week challenges put on by some really amazing reputable coaches um, who've been in the industry for a really long time. Some of them really do emphasize the behavior. They emphasize, you know, picking healthy options, getting your water in, moving every day, you know, those things that we know lead to that outcome. And those challenges, I think, like if you're ready to jump into one of those challenges because you want that mental change, you want that adherence or you want that accountability, I think that's, you have to know what your red flag is are and what your green lights are with those challenges. Yeah, and I think those challenges that are going to stress the, again, the habits and the behaviors, those are great. You know, like, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now um, because I just got a million thoughts going in and out. But um, anything that is rooted in those things, habits, behaviors, and just improving yourself and personal development and just all of that, those are great because those are going to teach you the skills that are going to make you successful when the challenge ends. But if you are only focused on this one outcome of looking a certain way or losing a certain amount of weight, regardless of how you're gonna do it and you're sticking to the strict plan and you have to be 100%, 100% of the time, there's so much negative that comes out of that, that when that challenge ends, you're going to finally feel quote unquote free and they're going to do whatever you want because you're burnt out and you, you can't do it anymore, you know? And it's like that. Okay. So what was the point of that? Mm -hmm. Nothing. The question you need to ask yourself is, can I do this forever? And the answer is no. Then what are you doing? That's a really great question, Carrie. So Alexa, Carrie, I want to give people tangible green lights, green flags, things to look for when they're starting their journey out, when they're starting to find what works for them. Um, what, what would you point them to? 
Alexa, do you, do you want to take this one and I'll pitch in at I, the end? You know, I have, at least when it comes to like going back to like the coaches and this goes along with social media as well as like, if you're thinking of hiring a personal trainer in town or like at the gym that you go to, they should always, always, always be asking your health history and your history through like fitness, what you've done in the past. Because if they don't, there's, there could be like medical release forms. There's so many different layers to that. And so if someone doesn't ask you what your history is and your health history, that could be a really big red flag that they might not be paying attention to. Oh, you have hypertension. Okay, well, they should know what type of exercises they should do or shouldn't do if you have hypertension or something along those lines. And very, very specific, but there's things that someone who is credible should be able to look out for. And if they don't ask you that, that could be a really big red flag. Yeah, so things that I would say you want to look out, like you want to make sure there is, or, you know, some, some green flags or just some practical takeaways would be like, know what the purpose is. Know if it's a website, if it's an Instagram page, if it's an, if it's an individual, know their purpose. So, you know, it might take, take a little bit of digging, like read what they're about. Um, you know, are they trying to sell something or are they just trying to help you? Um, you know, is there any bias there? Are they, getting paid to sell something or again, are they just passionate about helping people? Um, and an example that I always give is like, you know, if there's a social media page that is strictly, you know, like keto queen one, five, six, two. Okay. And they're giving. Somebody probably really has that. Handle. Yeah. Sorry. If, <laughs> sorry for listening keto queen. Um, but you know, if, if they're giving nutrition advice, probably going to be pretty biased towards the keto diet, you know, and same thing goes for any other diet. So just use your better, best judgment, right? Like, um, yeah, second thing or third thing is look for evidence because a lot of times it's just like opinions or this worked for me, this worked for me. It's like you, sh if, and you know, it doesn't always have to be just like stated right, you know, blatantly right there, but if someone's making a claim and you ask about it, they should be able to provide you the evidence. And if they cannot, then that's probably not the best idea. So people who are, um, you know, eager to educate and help people, that's who I would say, like, let's go for those people, right? And if they do ask for evidence, you're ha they're happy to provide it to you because, again, they're just trying to help you. They're not trying to get a paycheck off of it. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say if you are going about, if you are trying to do your own research and educating yourself instead of looking at like a fitness influencer, looking at credible websites as well. So like, do they have .gov? Do they have .edu at the end? Or is it written by someone with a degree, credible like credentials and stuff like that? So if you are going about it, educating yourself, looking for those is it a peer-reviewed article is it you know something along those lines can really help you determine what is credible and what is not 
Yeah, I agree uh, um, completely because a lot of times we get into the dark places of the internet and we just get deep into there and just searching all this stuff. And it's kind of like when you have something wrong with you and you Google your symptoms and WebMD comes up and it basically tells you you're dying, but it's like, yeah. oh, never mind. I just have a cold, you know? And the same thing goes for nutrition. Like it's, it's a different example, but same thing. Like it's just so skewed and you can, if you're looking for something, you're going to find it, you know? And mm -hmm. so knowing like what is credible and what's not when we're looking on those websites. And that just goes back to like reading what the site is about. And, um, you know, even people have opinions and whatnot. So there might be, you know, blogs and stuff written by people that, again, it might be biased. So you need to go in with an unbiased attitude and just, you know, use your better judgment. Um, and so on the side of nutrition things, um, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is like the gold standard. Like that is, you know, where that's like the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's like the gold standard. Yeah, we'll pop that link in the description box below so people have that. Um, that made me think of two things. Definitely one that we as humans have confirmation bias, right? So we're going to, if we think that the keto diet is the end all be all, we're going to search for things that confirm that to us. We're going to look yeah. at echo chambers. We're going to look at um, people who have been successful on it. So just going in there and knowing that you have to look at both sides of an issue and going back to Carrie's question of, could you do that long-term? And the second thing that that made me think of would be what are they selling and does it have some of those like hot topic selling words as um, always never guaranteed if they're selling something in your rabbit hole of the internet just have that caution in the back of your head of am I going to have to buy this product long term? Mm -hmm. I yeah, because, oh, that, you want to go? No, go ahead. I'll go after okay. That just like um, sparks something in my mind too, where it's like, we need to be aware of those. And I know we talk, we're talking a lot about like selling and products and this and that, but the reality is it's like, that's what the bulk of this comes down to because everybody's trying to sell a product to make a quick dollar. And sure, those products are going to work while you are on them. You know, you buy this whole line of all this crap and yes, it works while you're taking it. But what happens when you stop? You gain all the weight back or you go right back to what you were doing. So then you're like, oh, well, that worked while I was using it. So now I got to get right back on that product. And that's exactly how they get you hooked. And if there is one thing that you can take away from this podcast is please, 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 please don't fall into that trap because I see it way too often. It makes me really sad um, just because it's very hard to, to get out of that and to, you know, just be, be aware of what's going on. Um, yeah. Alexa. Yeah. Um, I was going to say going back to like, if you're, you know, going out and like doing your own research information on health 
should not be gate kept, gatekept. I don't know. Someone should not be gatekeeping that information. You should be able to find the educational resources all on your own. So if someone is like trying to have you sign up for something or have you pay for something just to get this information, I would consider that a red flag as well because that's not gate kept. Whereas if someone with good credentials is trying to help you specifically through that, then that's a different thing. But just educating yourself, you should be able to find that completely for free on your own. Yeah, I agree. And that comes right back, back to like who to trust in the industry, right? Like people who are just trying to help you and they're trying to do the right thing, they will provide you with the education. They're not going to try to manipulate you into entering your email or doing this or doing that. Like they, and, and that's, I'm so happy that you brought that up um, because I see that a lot too. It's like, you shouldn't have to buy this or do that just to receive a, some quick facts on something. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the so. $20 secret to success PDF that you get. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, drink more water. And you're like, okay, I could have figured that one out on my own. Thanks. Yeah, secret to weight loss, secret to this, secret to this. There is no secret, no. you know, like it all comes down to the same thing. It just, you know, mastering the basics. We all want the secret. We all want the quick fix. We all want this. We all want that. And it's like nutrition doesn't need to be that complicated, but social media has made it that way. I think that is such a big case for the corporate health and wellness field. So in PSD, we we pay as a district for our employees to have free access to life, the lifestyle health program. And that is provided by uh, an exercise physiologist, your registered nurse, your registered dietitian, and all of that's free to employees. We pay for you to have that resource so that you don't have to go down this rabbit hole of crash diets and you have the experts in the field that you can turn to at any time with these questions. Um, it just makes the case for being able to provide that to your employees as a resource to boost overall organizational health. Yeah, and that's a really valuable resource that is provided to you guys. Um, and I really encourage everybody to take advantage of that um, just because the, you know, those I think with the lifestyle health, they have access to like an RD, right? And you said the exercise phase, like those people are going to, they're the real deal. And they're going to teach you the healthy and the right way to do things. They're not going to beat around the bush. They're just going to provide you with the tools and the skills to set you up for success. And they don't want you to be a repeat client. They want you to learn those behaviors. They want you to learn those skills and they want you to be able to do it on your own um, with them as, as your support system and always in your corner, but not completely tied to them for the rest of your life. Whereas I see some coaches, some plans, some, some diets of it only works when you're with this coach or only works when you're with this, this diet. And really, you want to work yourself out of a job. You want to be so good at your job that you're teaching your clients how to do this on their own, because that's what's going to bring back new clients who say, oh, I learned how to do this. Oh, I'm going to tell 10 of my friends about this service. Yeah, I love that. And I that is a really, really good point, too, because 
that's always my goal with my clients. It's like my whole entire goal is, is to educate you. And I want to teach you, you know, take my six years of formal education and place it in your brain over this period of time and teach you, you know, everything you need to know about nutrition to be successful long-term. And if I did not do that, then I didn't do my job, you know, because I don't want you to keep coming back to me. I don't want you to be a repeating client. You know, I do have clients who are with me for a very long time, but it's not because they don't know how it's just because of that relationship and they like that. And so, you know, we can kind of flip it this way, right? If I teach the sixth grade and my student is constantly failing and they're repeating the sixth grade, well, then I'm not doing good at my job, right? Like, I don't want that to happen. And it's the same thing with nutrition. Like if they are constantly failing and failing and failing and they're repeating like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Does that make sense? Was that? Yeah, that was like, no, that was a good analogy. I like that. Also, I was going to say, just to kind of piggyback off of that, like nutrition and exercise is technically preventative care. And so if you're looking at it as preventative care, if someone has to keep coming back, they're not preventing heart disease. They're not preventing those more serious things that are going to be happening. So like a credential source, so like a registered dietitian works in preventative care. So they're not going to want you to come back because if you're coming back to them, then that just means that you're past the preventative stage. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like we could have a whole podcast just on that too. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, drop some resources. Where can people start? Um, What would be your first step on, on where to start? Carrie, you have a really cool flip the pyramid analogy. Yeah. So whenever we talk like health and fitness, nutrition, like to look at it as like a pyramid and we all want to jump to the tippy tippy top of the pyramid where the supplements are. And we want to, you know, it's like a shortcut, right? But you can't just do that. You can't just jump to the top of the mountain without actually climbing up, you know? And so the base of the pyramid is like your identity and your beliefs. Like, do you even believe that you can lose weight? Do you even believe that you can get fit? Because if you don't believe that, then you're not going to like you you just will never be successful and that's that's just the harsh reality of it so first you need to actually believe that you can do it and then the second thing is like adherence and if you can't adhere to the plan long term that you are committing to that you you need to be 100% 100% of the time you're not going to be able to adhere to that right so find something that works for you and something works different for everybody So find something that you can adhere to, that you can be consistent with, and and that's step two. And then we just kind of work our way up the pyramid, and then we get into more like nutrition, nutrition stuff, like calories and protein and things like that. But I would say, you know, the first thing, first things first is master the basics, you know, don't try to, what is that saying? Don't try to major in the minors. Mm -hmm. And that's so true where it's like, you hear this one fact, you're like, well, I heard that you need to do, um, I need to be drinking my celery juice every single morning. Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, right. And, but if you're not doing any of these other things, 
that doesn't freaking matter, you know? So it's like master the basics. And um, one tip that, you know, I like to give everybody for, for, to build some momentum on that because you can't go zero to a hundred overnight. Just that doesn't work. You will fail. So commit to one thing that you can do every single day and execute that. And then that becomes a habit. And then once that becomes a habit, you pick another goal. You know, maybe my first goal is like, okay, I'm going to drink, you know, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to drink a hundred ounces of water every single day. Okay, great. You did that. Now you, now you got that rolling. Okay. Next goal. I'm going to add in two servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. Okay, great. Now I've done that. What's my next thing. Okay. Now I'm going to go on a 20 minute walk every single morning. See, so it's like those little things that are really going to add up to the big changes because if you just try to do everything at one time, you're in for it. You know, it's just, I've, I've done it. I've seen it and it just, it doesn't work. It's like uh, deciding to run a 5k. I love that one. First, you have to start with your identity. You have to become to yourself a runner. If you go out on the track and you say, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner. And that's constantly going in your brain. You're never going to stick with it. So first identity. And then second, the tiny steps, the tiny habits, you start with one block. You start with putting your shoes on and going outside. Yeah, exactly. And just like making that a commitment to yourself. You don't need to go to the gym every single day and kill it. But what you can do is commit to making that a habit and going to the gym. You know, this is just one example, but just going to the gym. And if you don't feel like it, just walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes, because then that starts to build that habit in your mind of, I am in, in its commitment, right? Like I am getting up and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing this. And then you just get used to that and it becomes a thing. But setting these lofty goals and these unrealistic expectations that I'm going to run an ultra marathon tomorrow, but I can't even run a 5K, like that's just silly, is it not? And the same, the same goes for, for every other aspect of health, nutrition, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Alexa, what are your last thoughts on? Yeah, so I have two kind of like final thoughts. So first would be, it's okay to ask for help, and it is okay to be a beginner in this. I think that kind of back to like the comparison is the thief of joy type of a thing but a lot of people feel like they can't see the end of the road they can't lot of people they feel like they can't ask for help but there are professionals like the lifestyle health program here at PSD that are dedicated to helping and want to help you succeed and so I think it's okay to know that that's kind of the place that you're in and to take advantage of those resources available to you. Um, okay. Yeah. My second one would be, it's also okay to find what works for you. And so I think a lot of people go into like the fitness industry or like they look at 
Instagram and everyone's weightlifting. And if you really enjoy weightlifting, that's really amazing. But maybe Zumba is what's going to like capture your attention and you're like down to dance five days a week. Or maybe you want to cycle. There's so many different forms of exercise. You don't have to feel like you have to go into like the big weightlifting section of the gym if that's not what makes you happy. If it is what makes you happy, then amazing. Go lift those weights. But if not, don't worry about it. It's just the biggest thing is to get moving. Yeah, and I would have to say a great place for our staff who are listening to start would be our lifestyle health program, which we've mentioned several times. I'll link that in the description box below. And the second piece leading right into what Alexa just mentioned was finding something that works for you. We just launched our new platform with WellBeats and that you can find through your WellWorks for You portal. WellBeats is a completely free to you platform that has a ton of classes and um, how-to videos. They have everything from kickboxing to cardio to bar to spin and cycle to um, they even have some meals that you can create together and some nutrition and mindfulness on there. And that's completely for you. They have everything from beginners to intermediate to advanced to people with injuries to um, people uh, trying to aid in some joint prevention measures. Um, they even have classes on sleep. So that's a great place to start. It's all expert backed. It's all um, backed by research and science. Um, and again, that's free to you. I'll link how to access that in the description box below as well. Awesome. Any last thoughts, ladies, before we wrap up? I think um, one important thing to talk about is just gaining the momentum. And like Alexa said, you know, find what you enjoy because we see all over, like, you need to be doing this kind of exercise. You need to be doing this. But if you don't enjoy it, then like, what's the point? You know, like find something you enjoy and gain momentum with that. And a lot of times it's just, we need to come to the realization that motivation will not always be there. And I think this is my personal belief, but I think motivation comes from progress. When we see progress, we're more motivated. And if you can just get over that first initial hump, that's the hardest part. But once you get there, I promise you, it's going to be amazing. And you're going to, you know, start seeing the results that you want to. And it's going to, it's going to feel less like a chore and it's going to be more enjoyable. Um, and that's that. I like it. I'd like to just leave people one with those resources and two with just find the next step, just find the next tiny habit, just find the, the, the small thing that you can do that makes you 1% better towards your health goals this week. Yep. Just take the first step. We'll link everything in the description box below. Thank you so much for listening. Carrie, Alexa, thanks for joining me today. If anyone has um, hot topics for our next podcast, feel free to email me those at wellness at psdschools.org and we will talk to you next time.
Mic drop.